Daily Drive is brought to you by Reynolds & Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Find out what Reynolds is up to in the digital retailing space by visiting reyrey.com slash retail anywhere. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash retail anywhere. Hi, everyone. This is Steve Smith with Automotive News. Welcome to Daily Drive for Friday, June 25th. It wasn't too long ago that the notion of using and working with 3D images and presenting those in augmented or virtual reality environments was the stuff of Hollywood. It was science fiction. And certainly not a set of technologies the automotive industry used on the manufacturing side of the business, nor within vehicles themselves. According to Ed Martin, head of global equity at Unity Technologies, use of AR and VR technology in the automotive industry is no longer science fiction. It's here, and it's being used throughout the value chain in areas like product development and R&D, manufacturing, marketing, sales, and yes, even repair and maintenance, going so far as to help train technicians on how to complete certain jobs. Use of AR and VR tech, says Martin, is also growing inside the vehicle cockpit, enabling entirely new customer experiences while also creating entirely new business models. Speaking of sales and the customer experience, Martin says dealers also have every opportunity to embrace the technology to not only help market vehicles in their inventory, but also help train and educate consumers on the many technology features their vehicles come equipped with today. And while the technology is no doubt very cool and can help businesses throughout the automotive value chain operate faster and cheaper while also creating better experiences for their customers, he says scaling the use of AR and VR across multiple skill teams within the organization and even between automakers, suppliers, and dealers is still a work in progress with a lot of opportunity ahead. Where should companies interested in integrating AR and VR technologies in their operations start? What's the best way to scale? And what kind of talent and skills are needed to effectively adopt and use augmented and virtual reality technology? We've reached Unity Technologies Head of Global Equity, Ed Martin, at his home office outside of Detroit. Ed, thanks so much for joining me today on the Daily Drive podcast. How are you? I'm doing great, Steve. How are you this morning? I'm doing wonderful. It's terrific to talk with you. I'm really, really excited about today's conversation around augmented reality and virtual reality in our industry. Honestly, I speak to a lot of folks about this, and folks that I speak with generally fall into two camps. Those that see the benefits and that are realizing, recognizing the benefits of AR and VR, and those that believe that this is some far-off science fiction future. So with that, can you provide us a quick update on how AR and VR is being used in the automotive industry? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, it's really being used in a number of different areas. So it's being, it, I would say, everything from the very upfront uh, design concept phase where companies are working out, you know, the different options. What's what's the vehicle experience, for example, inside a vehicle cockpit, all the way to the, the point of service after sale. And it's being used to visualize manufacturing uh, lines before they're built. It's being used to, uh, to train workers, to provide uh, augmented guidance to uh, to workers, you know, doing either maintenance tasks or, or other tasks, which could be on the on the shop floor, could be in dealer service departments, uh, and uh, it's being used for uh, the creation of human machine interfaces, infotainment systems, 
Uh, it's being used for marketing technology uh, because, you know, there's one of the real opportunities is to deliver a more immersive and interactive marketing experience uh, for customers. So it, it really supports almost every aspect of the business. Let's dive into those aspects a little bit further in, in today's conversation. Spend a little bit of time on the manufacturing operation side of the business and a little bit further in the conversation, we'll talk on the customer product side of the business. So when it comes to building uh, vehicles, when it comes to operations on the manufacturing plant floor, how pervasive is the use of AR and VR and where in that process is it being applied the most? You know, I would say that the um, it, it's a really good question, Steve, uh, because the the penetration of uh, and I would say even beyond AR and VR, it's really real time 3D technology, which enables AR and VR. Uh, it's greater in some areas and it's it's more nascent in other areas. And I think where the the greatest initial adoption has been has been in design and engineering tasks, uh, particularly in design studios. Uh, there are just about every automaker in the world uh, and a lot of the tier one suppliers are using uh, AR and VR upfront because let's face it, it is just so much more efficient and, uh, and, and enables faster iteration if you're reviewing a virtual model of a product as opposed to view, reviewing a physical model. And of course, Downstream, you know, once you've settled on a design, the the very finest points you're going to want to review those in physical form. But when you're going through all of the iterations of design concepts and everything else, you're never going to produce all of those physically. But if you make it easy enough, uh, then there's a huge benefit to bringing those in and being able to look at all the design options, different color and trim, and how it interacts with lighting and the human factors effects uh, associated with different design options. You can do that all virtually uh, much faster and you can speed up the iteration loop of design concepts and reviews. I would imagine that also helps with getting customer feedback, focus groups, not only bringing those people into a design center and getting their feedback, but this allows for getting that feedback wherever consumers might be in the world. So. A, a 3D rendering of a vehicle and how could consumers in Europe versus consumers in Asia feel about those, about a vehicle design, et cetera. This, this makes all of that much more efficient and easier. Would you agree? Uh, I agree 100%, Steve. I mean, it is far easier to move uh, uh, megabytes or gigabytes of data around the world than it is to move, uh, you know, thousand pound uh, models. And so the idea of having virtual customer clinics is is really powerful. And it's, you know, the same benefits, like you said, that apply during uh, design concept review certainly apply for customer clinics as well. We see examples of OEMs using AR and VR tech quite frequently. Audi is an example of that. We don't hear as much about that from suppliers. You mentioned tier ones a second ago. Can you talk about how suppliers are using and adopting AR and VR tech? Yes, uh, absolutely. And I, I think that as in many cases, uh, OEMs are in the vanguard of adopting some of this technology. Uh, however, there is definite interest among suppliers to to also adopt the technology in areas where it makes sense for them. Uh, so, you know, a good example is uh, infotainment systems where AR and VR technology can directly 
benefit the the product itself. I mean, it's uh, so as opposed to uh, AR and VR being used as part of the design process, uh, these these technologies, real time 3D and, and AR technologies, can be directly embedded within the product. Uh, examples of uh, 3D mapping, advanced human machine interfaces are a perfect example of how uh, how real-time 3D can really change the product. So there are certainly examples of tier ones who are leaning heavily into the technology because they can use the technology directly in the products that they deliver to OEMs. And then of course, uh, you have those same suppliers who are using AR and VR tech in their design and engineering teams, just like OEMs do. And uh, the, I would say the third area, and this gets more into manufacturing technology, uh, there's a, a, a really burgeoning uh, effort to s create virtual digital twin simulations of manufacturing equipment uh, to be able to do uh, virtual commissioning and prove out the equipment before it ever goes on, on the shop floor. So I realize those are three very different areas, but they're all areas in which uh, tier one suppliers and suppliers of uh, manufacturing technology are directly adopting uh, real-time 3D and AR and VR. Let's talk about scaling within an organization and across the value chain. Within an organization, when you talk about scaling software, when you talk about scaling technologies, often it happens in silos research and development is using it or procurement is using it or engineering is using it very rarely do we hear instances where these technologies within an organization are being scaled across multiple skill teams maybe even across multiple entities for for some of these global companies how important is it to create that connectivity within an organization that has so many pieces in building a product, if you're going to get the the full benefit out of it, you know it, it's really a great question, Steve. Uh, I think that right now the adoption of uh, this technology uh, within a lot of organizations is driven by individual business cases. It makes sense. For example, I'm going to uh, train a certain part of my workforce uh, using VR-based training, as an example. And the investment is justified based upon that use case. And oftentimes there's a very, you know, very significant payback there and the, the economics make perfect sense. And I think what you're pointing to is actually a missed opportunity, which is once this data is in real time 3D, once you have that model that uh, that essentially can be modified to use for other purposes, you can do more with it. And I think that the more forward-looking organizations are starting to look at how do I have a pervasive digital twin of my of my product or you know outside of the automotive industry, they're uh, you know building or whatever that uh, that you have a model of it and you can do more than one thing with that model. You can use that model to evaluate different design options. You can use that model for training. You can use that model for marketing. And, uh, and there really is an opportunity to extend that across organizational boundaries, but not many companies are doing that yet. That is a new idea. So now let's extend that across an integrated supply chain. If you're an OEM using these technologies, but your suppliers are not, that seems like an entirely different kind of challenge apart from scaling technology within the same organization. 
How do companies go about creating that in, that integration across across the supply chain? I will say, first of all, uh, it is not a technology challenge. The technology exists, so the, it's a it's absolutely a solvable problem. I think the uh, really the question is, you know, you get into standard things such as information security, who has access to the model, and when. Um, you know, those are all sorts of things that that all organizations need to worry about when you're sharing digital data. Uh, remotely. Beyond that, I think it's uh, back to this question of justification, because there's clear benefit to for things like uh, VR based uh, design review. And so I think it's just a matter of proving out the the value, uh, because oftentimes doing things the way that you've always done them, uh, that inertia can be one of the the biggest obstacles to change, but I will say that companies that have adopted these technologies see real benefit. Um, and right now they're largely doing it kind of within work teams and within organizations, but there is a, a very clear opportunity to improve uh, you know, design processes, particularly for complex products where it's, you really need that, that insight into the design. You know, a lot of people have difficulty envisioning something uh, uh, in in their heads. You know, they look at a 2D blueprint or something, and they can't visualize what it looks like. And even engineers have trouble, like, really getting into the detail of very complex assemblies. All of a sudden, when you put that into VR, you can section parts and do all these things. You get insights, and you can uh, bring people together in a way that's just not possible with conventional techniques. So I'm convinced that we're going to see growth in this area. Lots of opportunity to scale, lots of opportunity to grow on the manufacturing side of the business. Let's turn the lens to the consumer side of the business. Within the vehicle, how is AR and VR technology being used in vehicle cockpits today? So today, uh, it's it's pretty limited, uh, but we are on the cusp of a revolution. Uh, the you know I, I think there are kind of two pieces to it. One is the consumer experience, and the other piece is delivering that consumer experience. And the I think the the opportunities for a better consumer experience are obvious. Uh, being able to uh, overlay information in augmented reality on forward-facing camera views for HMI systems or uh, on top of maps, the ability to just do things in real time based upon data that comes from, you know, uh, sensors within the vehicle, data coming from outside of the vehicle, and representing that in a meaningful way on the larger displays that are now in vehicles there are so many things that can be done there. Now, all has to be done within the context of human factors and safety and, and the like, but frankly, being able to use advanced technology helps in delivering those right experiences. The other piece of it is how do customers go about actually creating that experience in the first place? And right now, the, the way a lot of uh, the in-vehicle experiences, and I'm particularly talking about uh, instrument clusters, uh, infotainment systems, the the entire HMI, uh, you know, display and interface within a vehicle, uh, it's pretty constrained. And uh, so that's one of the things that we're really working on now is how to provide customers with the tools that they need to deliver this next generation of experiences, because there's there's a, a clear opportunity, but customers need to be able to design 
develop and deploy. And frankly, they need to be able to do it without increasing the bill of material cost of their vehicles. They need to do it using the processors and technologies they're using today for the most part. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back with more. As online experiences exploded this past year, it was clear dealers needed an approach that kept them in business for the long term. Chris Walsh, Casey Edwards, and Dave Bates, top Reynolds executives, sat down to discuss today's digital retailing landscape. Here's an excerpt from that roundtable discussion. So what are dealers trying to do to get this fully online and online to in-store experience? I mean, that's a great question. And honestly, it's, a, it's kind of a hard one to answer because retailers are kind of defining and using digital retailing differently. You know, to some dealers, it's selling a car. To other, it's sales and F&I. And they, they tend to be approaching it in chunks versus, you know, kind of a holistic, holistic approach. And then you end up just focusing on one or two things when you need to focus on, you know, more of a big picture. Digital retailing is dealership operations, period. Reynolds' Retail Anywhere approach focuses on streamlining dealership operations and improving profitability. For more information about this big-picture, holistic approach, visit reyrey.com slash retail anywhere. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash retail anywhere. Well, further on the future, and whether it's 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, as we move to shared autonomous transportation, as many folks are forecasting, If I'm inside of a vehicle with people I don't know, this technology also allows to create those more personal user experiences in these shared mobility environments. Would you agree? I absolutely agree. And exactly what those experiences are going to be, I don't know. Uh, And and time will tell. But I do know that using the, the current paradigm of how this content is, uh, is developed and delivered uh, isn't, isn't going to unlock the potential of what this future shared experience could be. So it's completely clear to me that we need a new way of, you know, we need more flexibility. We need more power uh, to, to create these experiences of the future. Um, and you know what those experiences will be will be the result of experiments by thousands of people in dozens of companies, if not more, around the world, and um, we'll find out what those will be. And uh, our objective is to power those experiences. So you used the word unlocking a moment ago, and I want to stick with that, particularly in the area of business models. What kind of new business models do you see these types of technologies opening in the future? Or are you already seeing business models emerge that are different, that are unique, that are cool, that use AR and VR tech? So I think that the the current state of business models, it's, you know, like I mentioned earlier, we're just on the cusp of a transformation. So I don't think anything is settled yet uh, in terms of what those business models are going to be. But it is clear that in the future, as um, you know, driver, the whole concept of being a driver uh, becomes obsolete and everyone in a vehicle is a passenger. And like you said, you've got these shared experiences. Um, there, there are things that can be delivered of value to the passengers in a car. And uh, I'm not convinced that the, the future is just every individual sitting there on their phone, staring at their screen for hours at a time. I hope that's not the future. And so what is that, what do customers want when they're in cars? Uh, what's, what's, how much do they value it? Uh, 
and how much of that is going to be, you know, ad supported, how much of it is going to be a more, uh, you know, privacy uh, centric model where people are paying subscription fees. There, there are all kinds of opportunities to deliver these business models. And like I said, it's, it's going to be everything from an advertising focused to a uh, to content that people are willing to pay for on a subscription or other or consumption basis. And those are all possible now. And I think the word unlock really is the key one, because as I mentioned before, I don't know what those experiences are going to be. I don't know exactly what the business models are going to be, but it's clear that there is real value in the kind of experiences that can be delivered to passengers in the vehicle of the future. So let's talk about how people shop and buy cars today. Um, multiple ways to do it, you know, third-party websites, dealer websites, OEM websites. How can AR and VR be used today to create a better shopping experience? It's actually one of the most exciting areas for real-time 3D and AR and VR technology. Um, the and this is, I, I would say, an area where we've seen a ton of interest from from customers, uh, both both from the standpoint of efficiency in delivering the content to customers, and more importantly, just better shopping experiences, more meaningful experiences. You know, it's no secret that that uh, you know that uh, the typical customer is going to spend a lot more time researching products online before they ever walk into a dealer, if they ever walk into a dealer at this point, uh, and or for the pre-sales part of the process anyway. And it, it boils down to what the customer wants to do with the car. And different people have different reasons for buying cars. They have different needs for their, their cars, their SUVs. And so everything from how does this look in my driveway to um, how does this feature on a car work? And I wanna experience that online. I wanna do it, play with it myself before I go into a dealership and and you know learn about, I don't know, uh, how an advanced driver uh, assistance technology works. To can I fit all my luggage in the back of the car? You know, and, uh, or can I put skis on the roof? And all of these sorts of things and understanding how the car fits into their lifestyle and how they're gonna use it. This type of uh, these types of experiences can be delivered so much better with real time 3D, uh, because you know the way marketing is done right now is a lot of times you you pick the colors you're going to show you you pick the view angles you're going to show things are frankly pretty static. Uh, it's an evolution beyond the the days of yore when you did product photography. Okay, sure everything is uh, is computer generated now, but it's still pretty static, and the ability to deliver this much more dynamic experience and a much more personalized experience, I think is going to transform how, uh, well, it's already transforming how marketing is done in the automotive industry. So if you're an automotive dealer and you're listening to our conversation and you're in that mindset that says, this is science fiction, I'm not going to invest in this type of stuff. What do you say to them? It's not science fiction at all. And, um, and frankly, you know, dealers, uh, Although, you know, an individual dealer or even a large dealer group doesn't have access to the same sort of uh, resources that an OEM does for this. But dealers can take advantage of some of the same technology. A lot of them already are, um, you know, in the resale market, providing uh, walkthroughs of, of vehicles that go beyond just a, a 
bunch of snapshots on a website. Um, and I think that dealers can embrace this technology and essentially the, the dealer becomes the, the physical delivery point for the vehicle. Uh, the, the dealer just needs to adapt to a more informed consumer uh, because the people who are going to be using these tools are going to be far more informed when they walk through the door. Ed, thank you for spending time with me today on The Daily Drive. Very exciting topic. Cool future ahead with 3D and AR and VR. Really looking forward to seeing this industry uh, embrace and adopt this technology more. Appreciate your time. Appreciate you sharing your perspectives with our listeners. Thank you very much, Steve. I really enjoyed our conversation. That's Daily Drive for Friday, June 25th. For breaking news, go to autonews.com. And to catch up on all of our episodes of Daily Drive, go to autonews.com forward slash daily drive. As always, thanks for listening. Have an amazing weekend. We'll be back on Monday.